Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Bible Ponder for this week. I've got a bit of an exciting announcement at the end of this video, so do stick around and listen for that. This evening, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite characters in all of the Bible. I think he's really interesting. Um, he doesn't get a lot of screen time, but I think um, he's a fascinating character and he plays a really big part in the overall narrative of the life of Jesus. And that's John the Baptist. So let's run through a few of the things that we know about John the Baptist. Some of these you'll probably be familiar with. So the first is that he's Jesus's older cousin. He is uh, the son of Elizabeth, who Mary goes to see after Gabriel appears to her. And Elizabeth is already pregnant at that point with John. And John leaps in her womb when Mary comes in the room. John later leads a life of solitude. He wears camel skin and he eats locusts and honey and he lives in the wilderness and he starts baptizing people in the Jordan River and it, he does that for the forgiveness of sins, for national cleansing, for a kind of call to, to a national repentance. He's calling Israel to um, give up their ways of um, fighting against God and all of that sort of thing and, and he begins to um, start tilling the soil for the work of Jesus by baptizing in, in the desert and in the Jordan River. And so Jesus goes out to him and is baptized himself by John. And then afterwards, some of John's very disciples even go and follow Jesus. And John gives this great declaration about Jesus where he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, he really paves the way for Jesus, and he is the Elijah who was to come. That's part of our text later, and it's also part of a few weeks ago we read the very, very end of the Old Testament, as we have it in our Bible at the end of Malachi, where Malachi prophesies that Elijah will come again and uh, pave the way for the Messiah. And so John is that Elijah. John is also killed um, by Herod the Tetrarch. Now this story happens a bit after our text for this evening, um, but we have sort of the story in Matthew and in Mark. Luke mentions that Herod has beheaded him. Um, so we have that in, in all three of these gospels. But it's not just that John gets killed. He's not just some nobody only mentioned here. John is also mentioned by the historian Josephus, who relates that Herod has John the Baptist killed and talks a bit about who John the Baptist was. He was baptizing for national repentance and all of that sort of thing. Um, but Josephus actually says that Herod has John killed because of his influence on the people and the danger that he could incite a rebellion against him. He knows that John has the ear of the people and that he has that much influence and power. So John's not just some nobody. And it's also interesting to note that someone with the influence and power to cite a rebellion gets killed by the ruling elite. It's kind of like what happens to Jesus, isn't it? Our text today is, as I said, before the story of John being beheaded. Um, and it's in Matthew chapter 11. So this is interesting um, and an interesting story and text because it tugs on the thread of something that I'm really interested in that I talk about a lot, 
which is trying to get into the minds of the people experiencing these events for the first time um, and experiencing them firsthand. And they don't have the comfort of knowing the end of the story. And so I think it's really interesting to see their reactions and see how they operate in that world and see how the way they live is treated. I think it's helpful for us because even though we know the end of these stories in the Bible, we don't know the end of our own stories. We don't know how things are going to play out. And so we are having to live and react in real time to things, just as people like John the Baptist or Mary or even Jesus himself were living at that time when they were experiencing these events and living their own lives. So it's helpful to us in that way, because I think it lets us um, have a glimpse about what we can know then about ourselves not knowing the end of our own story. So let's read uh, Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 2 and go through verse 19. And let's listen for this bit about John the Baptist. When John heard in prison that what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who was to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John came, and if you were willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. Let anyone with ears listen. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. So we have this bit about John. He's in prison, again, um, imprisoned by Herod, and he's baptized Jesus at this point. He's already said, behold, the Lamb of God at this point. They're cousins. He knows Jesus really well. But even John, the Elijah who was to come, still has his doubts. He's still unsure. He doesn't know the end of the story. And so Jesus has been going about his business, doing his thing. And John isn't quite sure that he 
really is the Messiah. I don't know what it is that John specifically um, has doubts about or what he doesn't know, but Jesus really did confound a lot of people with who he was and what he did. But John isn't reprimanded or um, taken. Jesus doesn't take issue with John having doubts about whether or not he's the Messiah. In fact, Jesus goes on to praise him. He sends his disciples back with evidence. He says, look, this is what's happening. These are the signs he gives him at the beginning of our reading are very traditional signs of what the Messiah would do, similar to what Jesus says of himself in Luke chapter 4. But he sends him back with evidence, but he doesn't reprimand John. He doesn't say John was wrong to doubt him. And how dare John disbelieve? Oh, surely John should know. No, he goes on to praise John, calls him the greatest man born of a woman, which I think is, is all of us. All of us human beings are born from women. So what this tells us, again, John in the midst of this firsthand experiencing the life of Jesus is unsure about things, and that's okay. So for us, then, to, to have that transplanted, we can see that even for us, we don't know the end of the story, and we are not expected to just with blind trust and assurance think that everything is just going to magically work out. John didn't, and he's not reprimanded for that. So I've got three questions for us to ponder, and then, as I said, I'm going to give a bit of an announcement at the end of this. So the first question, when was the time in your life when you felt like you doubted Jesus the most? And again, we often bring these up with a, with a twinge of guilt and, and kind of go, mm, yes, I was very bad, and oh yes, I'm very sorry for it, but I've learned since then. But no, it doesn't have to be like that. There could be a time in your life when you were really unsure about this whole Jesus thing. What was that time? Question two. How do our doubts and questions shape us and sharpen our faith? Remember, John isn't reprimanded. He's praised. So for us, rather than thinking on our doubts and thinking on our questions as things that chip away at our faith or tear us down, how can we think about them as, as things that sharpen us and, and, and help our faith? In question three, how can we work on fostering our questions and doubts and letting them work in us for good rather than convincing ourselves that we have to be certain about everything or we're offending God? How can we foster these things? I think questions and, and doubts can be important because they teach us about who we are and, and where we're going. I don't think blindly following along or, or trying to convince yourself that if you're unsure, then then somehow you're on you know shaky footing with your faith. No, I think doubts and questions are a natural and important part of this whole process of following Jesus. So those are my questions for you. Uh, I hope you take them away, ponder them, think about them, maybe um, write some answers down for yourself in, in some personal journaling and reflection. Um, this evening, we're not doing a Zoom discussion following the premiere of this video, in part because there's um, a meeting going on that, that few of us will have to be at, um, but also because um, we're going to be changing up the way the Bible ponder looks in future. So um, as we're starting to phase out of lockdown, 
We recognize that people have other things to do and a lot of things going on rather um, than just being stuck at home like we have been for a while. So what we're going to do is stretch these out into a bit of a series. So we'll do a few Bible ponders that will then lead up to a discussion. So the discussion will um, pull in several videos in order to make the discussion more robust and help it fill out a bit. So that's the, the announcement about what it's going to look like in the future. So the discussions will become a bit less uh, frequent, but we'll uh, take in more material um, for the discussion. So that's all I have for you this evening. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. And I hope you have a lovely week.